Welcome to the Love Lab Podcast, a safe place to get real about sex. Whether you're a man, woman, single, or couple, this is the show for you. We are your hosts, Kevin Anthony and Celine Remy, and we are here to guide you to go from good to amazing in the bedroom and beyond. All right, welcome back to the Love Lab Podcast. This is episode 222. How about that, huh? (laughs) Impressive. And it is titled, How to Prepare for a Sex Club as a Monogamous Couple with Keely Rankin. So if you've listened to the Love Lab podcast for a while, you know we've talked about going to sex clubs before. We've talked about our experiences to some extent with that type of stuff. But we've never really covered it from the point of view of like, if you're a monogamous couple, you're wanting to spice up your love life, you're wanting to do something different, you have this idea that maybe going to a sex club might be something that works for you, but how do you do it? And that's really what we're going to cover today, because it may sound simple, like, (laughs) okay, find one and go. But as coaches who've worked with a lot of couples uh, and have coached couples in how to do this, it is never that simple. And you've been the one in the parking lot who stayed in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) we're going to go there already? Sure. (laughs) We'll go there in the intro. My first experience with going to a sex club with a girlfriend of mine many years ago, we thought this was a great idea. We And you had to like register ahead of time and we did all that. And we show up in the parking lot and we're both looking at each other. Nobody gets out of the car. (laughs) And I'm looking at her and she's looking at me and she's like, you want to go in? I'm like, I don't know. You want to go in? And we totally chickened out. We went home and we didn't go. We went back again and actually went a couple weeks later when we, when we finally got the nerve to do it. Now, granted, I was young. I was in my mid-20s. So, you know, th- there, was, there was a lot happening there. But I think that regardless of age, this is something that a lot of people go through. Like, oh my God, what do we do? Like, ooh, this is scary. Like, what if we have all these things? So we're going to cover all of that mm-hmm. stuff today. We have a guest who has personal experience and is also a coach. So between the three of us on this show, we've got lots <laughs> of experience on what to do here. All right. So before we introduce our guest, let's give a big shout out to our sponsors, Power and Mastery. So if you want to join the secret club of men who are great in bed, then check out Power and Mastery at powerandmastery.com. It is the most complete sexual mastery training for men. Whether you want to have harder erections, last longer, or increase your sexual skills, there is something for you at powerandmastery.com. All right, so our guest today is Keely Rankin. Keely is a sex and relationship coach in private practice. She works with individuals and couples, as well as trains coaches and has online courses. She's been featured in Huffington Post, Oprah Magazine, and Elite Daily. So welcome, Welcome. Keely. Yay! It's so wonderful to be here. I'm really excited to chat about this topic with you guys. Yeah, I mean, I, one, the topic can be very helpful to people, but two, it's just it's just a fun topic to talk it's, about. <laughs> yeah, just a fun topic. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's just dive in. So we we know that well. We know because we've spoken to you before. The audience doesn't necessarily know that you've have created that's right, that you've created sessions for couples to help them with this. And we're going to get into what those sessions look like a little bit later. The reason I bring it up now, though, is because it's your personal experience that has guided you to creating these sessions. It was your personal experience that said, "Hey, 
if I'm going through this, if this is the stuff I'm seeing when I'm here, man, so many other people could use help with this. So um, I'm wondering if you could tell the audience a little bit mm-hmm. about your own experience going to sex clubs and how that influenced what you later created. Yeah. So <clears throat> my my uh, husband is Parisian, where they have wonderful, incredible, different variations of sex clubs over there in, in Paris to go to. And we were visiting and we started to go to a couple and we would be in them you know, doing the things you're supposed to be supposed to be doing in the clubs, having sex, engaging. And we just didn't feel connected. Like it would be so interesting, you know, like we would have really connected sex at the hotel or the house before have really connected sex after, but in the actual club themselves, I would, I would often feel pretty disconnected from him. And I I think he would say the same thing. Like they just, it just, things weren't it just didn't feel like us almost in some way. And I remember I was on a flight home on the airplane and I was just started to think about like, wow, you know, if we, with me, with all of my education and training and coaching skills and having done this so often and him, all of his knowledge and our deep erotic connection feel disconnected in this erotic space. I'm like, this must be a landmine for other couples. And so I started to think like, what would be really helpful? Like, what is it that, what is it that we need that I could imagine other people might need? And I'm like, oh, we need lots of ritual. We need lots of um, intention setting around what, what we're planning on doing when we're there. Lots of deep communication. And one of the things I really realized is like taking time out you know, either the day of or a couple days before to really think about like, what is it that we want from this experience? What are we hoping for? And how do we really deeply connect before we go in so that we have that kind of an unbreakable bond that even if other people are coming and going or something happens or, you know, you're dealing with people in sex clubs, so anything can happen, good or bad, that we would feel connected and have that really, really deep um, space together. And so that's where the creation of the before and after sessions for for couples came from. So I really want to talk a little bit more about what you just said, because this has also been your number one complaint. I know, I was thinking... With sex parties. It literally... Over many years, it's always been the same complaint, which is, you know, Celine would say, and it got to a point, you know, because in the communities that we used to, to spend a lot of time in, there were sex parties constantly. Like, you're always getting invited Every weekend, to a sex party. Every weekend, you could go to one. Yeah, so, so we would go somewhat frequently, and it, and it really got to a point where Celine would say, I don't know if I really want to go anymore, because honestly, the sex isn't that good. She's like, we have better <laughs> sex when we're not there. And, and what we really narrowed it down to is exactly what you just said, mm-hmm. which is that when it's just you in your own home, the connection is so much stronger and deeper. And it, in a way, it kind of makes sense. If you've ever been in those environments, you understand how distracting it can be. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of sounds. There's a right. lot of <clears throat> activities, smells. smell, like everything going on, right? And it's really hard. Like One of the biggest things that we do with coaching couples is teaching them actually how to be um, present with each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are just like regular people have nothing to do with sex clubs. They're just having sex, you know, in, right. a, in the context of a normal relationship. And they already struggle with mm-hmm. paying attention to each other, like really paying attention to each other. Like, yeah, they're, they're, you know, penis and vagina and they're doing the motions, but they're not deeply connected, mm-hmm. right? So imagine 
<laughs> people who are already struggling with that. Yeah. It's a candy store. And, and now you're trying to put them in an environment that is massively distracting to begin mm, with. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going off script already here. Go for it. <laughs> Let's go for it. Follow, the, follow where it goes. He's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what I'm curious about is like, how do you get somebody to be connected in that environment? Because like I said, there's all this crazy stuff going on. And of course, inevitably, there's going to be, you know, there's a full range of what people look like, right? So I'm not going to tell you that everybody in a sex club is this amazing body like that you can't help yeah. but stare at. There's, there's everything mm-hmm. from, ooh, I'd rather not see that again to, oh my God, Superman, right? And, and everything in between, as it should be. But inevitably, there's going to be things that you're like, whoa, like you're... You want to see that. So all of a sudden your attention is going to want to go there. How do you help couples stay engaged with each other in that environment and connected? I think one of the really important things is to, especially if this is a, a new experience for a couple, is to take the pressure off that the first time is going to be this amazing experience and that they're going to feel deeply connected. I think it's really important to set the intention of like, we don't actually know what your experience is going to be like. That's what we're here to find out. And my hope is that we can set up enough of a container and a conversation where whatever the experience is, they have the tools to get through it and then make a conscious decision around that was fun. We should try it again. Or wow, that really doesn't work for our couple. It was too triggering or we just didn't like it. And I think unfortunately what happens is a lot of people go in thinking it's going to be this like mind blowing experience. They're just going to watch supermodels fuck and it's going to be great. And there's going to be a big orgy and they'll be included in it, which, you know, often may or may not be the case, Mm -hmm. you know, um, And can we really step back from all of the pressure that they're putting on themselves around going there so that they can just feel into the energy of the experience? So I think getting to the place of being deeply connected with your partner in the candy store environment of all of this stuff going on, I think it really takes time. And so letting people know, like, your first time is your first time. You don't know what you don't know, and you don't know what your body has never experienced. And every club is really different, and every night is really different. So it's like, how can we set the container so that when you go, you can be prepared for what's going on and then be able to talk about it after and make decisions? So really, it comes down to knowing your why. Why would a couple want to do that? Why some of the couple that are working with you want to do it? You know, I think of it a little less than the why and the more about like, what are you curious about? Like, what are you hopeful for? So it's like when you go to the sex club, like one of the exercises I like to do in the beginning with couples is actually kind of like separate them in a way, not fully separate them, but ask them individually to think about like, when you imagine going, what happens? What's the perfect scenario? What's going on? What are you doing? What's your partner doing? And fleshing that out as much as possible so we can figure out what is the fantasy that they're actually attached to (laughs) and then we can see if we can guide that into what potential more of a reality scenario is going to look like um you know i think a lot of people are just you know most of the clients that that come and work with me in paris in this before and after sessions you know they they've been together for a long time they have a pretty good relationship you know normal ups and downs of a couple but they really want to have this experience together. They've always talked about it. Normally one person's a little more curious than the other, but they're both like, we're open and we're curious and we're scared. So (laughs) 
which I think is a normal place to be. First time trying something new and exciting, but I think it's this adventure feeling of um, doing something a little risky, a little naughty, um, and really fun together is a lot, oftentimes what a lot of people are looking for. You know, I want to come back to something that you said a moment ago about the fact that you don't know what kind of experience you're going to have. In other words, mm-hmm. especially on the guy's side, because, you know, it's not always the case, but it's often the case that the guy is driving, let's go to the sex club. That's not always true, but it, it's frequently true. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the guys have this fantasy in their minds about what it's going to be like. And yeah, I'm going to end up having sex with five women and, and three of them are going to be supermodels and one's going to be my partner. You know, and it's like they expect that it's going to be this amazing thing. And we're going to be so much closer after this because of this experience. And the reality, of course, as you well know, is that could happen and the complete opposite of that is just as likely to happen as Mm. that is. And so I think that's just an important point for people who are listening, if you're thinking about it, is you got to separate the fantasy from the reality. And I love your approach of, okay, whoa, 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 Let's, let's move away from the fantasy and let's talk about the reality of what your experience could be and how we can make your experience closer to what you want it to be than what you don't want it to be. So I'm going to like just ask a silly question, but think, like pretend I don't know anything. <laughs> what is what is required of a couple when they go to a sex club? Do they have to do anything? I love that you're asking that because I think one of the major, um, you know, kind of pieces that keeps couples from imagining trying this is that they feel like they've got to do something when they're in there. Mm-hmm. They have to have sex. They have to take their clothes off. They have to be erotic. Someone's going to come up to them. They have to say yes to that person. And I, I think what's really, really important and it's often very empowering for people is that you don't have, it's the same as a, a normal club. People are just, well, there's in, in France in general, where I explore this mostly with people, there are sex clubs and there's sex saunas. So yes, in a, a sex sauna, most likely everyone is going to be nude, except in the areas where they're supposed to have robes or towels on, but you will be nude. It would be sort of expected you would be nude. Um, but also you're doing sauna-like things, um, steam rooms, you know, uh, that type of stuff. Um, in a sex club though, I mean, it is like a club, like it's a dance club, there's a bar, there's areas where you're allowed to take clothes off if you would like to, and there's never any pressure to engage in any behavior whatsoever. And if you're ever feeling pressure or you feel like your no is not respected, at any point, you do need to tell someone in the club that's that's there for security because that person should be escorted out. And I think that's a really, really important part for couples too. Like, Going to a sex club could look like literally just going there, walking in, having a drink at the bar, not even going to the place where people are taking their clothes off. Like that's okay too. Um, Or staying in the parking lot, you know, like your experience, (laughs) Kevin. Like, I mean, technically you didn't get too into the sex club, but that's still a part of the experience, that excitement, that thrill, the unknown of what will happen. And I would say, you know, more often than not, my experience with people is like, especially the couples that I've worked with, they're not having sex with anybody else at the sex club. Like they're really not, you know, um, mostly they are ish open to it, but they normally don't meet anybody that they want to have sex with. 
And they end up being intimate with each other, not always intercourse, but just like play and touch and things like that. Um, so I think really taking that pressure off, like you're going to go to a sex club, someone's going to force you to have mm-hmm. sex with them. You're not going to be able to say no, or there's going to be this incredible pressure. Um, you know, if that happens, that's something you definitely want to let uh, security know, because that should never happen. It needs to never happen. So I have a, a, a interesting question, which is like... So I have been to more formal like sex clubs, like it's like a club, it's like a business, you know, but the majority of the times that you and I have been to sex parties, it's been like a small community, much more informal. And the interesting thing about that is one, one thing I will credit them with is that they were really, really good at setting expectations in the beginning. So everybody there's, you know, maybe there's 20, 30, maybe 50 people or whatever, And there's always an expectation set that, okay, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Being a voyeur is perfectly fine. You don't have to have sex in there. Like they would, they would state all of that up front, which kind of made people feel like, oh, okay. And I'm just curious from your perspective in the more, you know, traditional clubs, like are those parts of the culture really said out loud? Like, do people just have to figure that out on their own, like through trial and error and go, oh, you mean I can actually just stay here and watch? Or is is that part of the culture? So every club will have their rules listed, which look very similar to, to what you're speaking to. And like the sex on us too, like they'll have a list that you'll, they'll ask you to read over before you enter. Um, you know, what's true is that when you're dealing with the general public, it will sometimes, which is different than like a f- meeting a bunch of friends who know other people who've invited them to a, a private party. It's like you are dealing with potentially bad actors. And so you do have to have a little bit more of like, you know, making sure you know what you want and what you don't want. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that's important to work with a professional around is like making sure you have your no. Mm-hmm. You know, it was in a I was in a, um, I feel like I can tell this story because this person will probably never listen to this podcast, but I was with a friend in a, in a sex club in San Francisco, which, you know, the, again, the U S doesn't have that great of sex clubs. I think sometimes like Americans go to them and they feel a little seedy or a little gross or just not as sexy as, as the ones in Europe. So if you're one of those people who's gone to the American sex clubs and you're like, is it? feel very sexy. Like, yeah, I'm right there with you. It doesn't feel sexy to me either, but it was in one in San Francisco and a friend was there and there was a woman who came over to us and she thought we were together. And, um, she's like, I really want to, you know, kiss your friend here. And I, and I knew he didn't have a strong no. And in my head, I was kind of like, well, this would be a really good opportunity for him to work on his note because I know he's not attracted to her. She wasn't his type at all. And so I said, well, you know, it's his choice. He gets to decide, you know, what he wants to do. It's his body. You know, I don't control him, but he didn't have a no. So he ended up engaging with her because he couldn't, he, he didn't feel, I think in that moment, like he could say like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not interested in making out. And I think that's a really, I mean, that's a little tricky because I'm a sex coach. So I was like, you should have your no, right? But like, <laughs> I mean, he was fine at the end of the day. But I think it's a really important piece of like, when you're going into these experiences, do you feel connected to what you're okay with? And in those moments, do you feel like you can say what you need to say? And, um, you know, if you can't do that, it's like, it's almost like, okay, well, maybe we need to work on that prior to going and engaging in a scenario where that could potentially happen. And you could potentially end up in a situation where you really don't want to be doing something. 
So this is a perfect segue into the next question, which is like, what is required of a couple when they go to a sex club? Like, what do they have uh, like, to do before? What, what, what should they do? Well, what would I work with them before? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I work with couples in the before session, so I do three hours before with couples and then help them decide which club they want to go to based on the night and what they're interested in. And then I do a follow-up with them for two hours. So in the before session... I really like to flesh out sort of like what their expectations are, what their fantasies are, is help glide them into like what what's probably more likely based in reality um, and starting to talk about uh, directly with each other, like how they're going to say yes, how they're going to say no, what they're going to do if something happens, sort of just running through scenarios so they feel feel like they've got kind of an idea of what they might be up in, up, up feeling against. And I think the biggest piece that I've taken away after working with a lot of couples is creating what I like to do with them is help them create a set of rituals that feels connected to them, who they are at a deep level that allows them to really connect before they go. So one of the things I like is like the placement of jewelry or the the helping getting dressed for the evening or the placement of a collar or something that feels like in the moment, if you're a little nervous, you can reach down. Say you have like a, you know, something on your wrist that your partner's put on you that indicates like the love and the connection. And we're going here to try this thing together and it's new and we're a little scared. And in that moment, you know, maybe someone approaches you and, or you just, are walking in and you can reach down and touch that and feel like, okay, this is a, this is our couple. We're here together. We've set this intention. This is what we're going in with. And that I think is one of the biggest pieces that I've taken away from working with couples. It's like, how do we create something that when you're in the club and something feels a little, I'm not sure I feel a little anxious or a little disconnected that you can sort of feel on your body or reach out and connect with, um, whether maybe it's your partner helping you put makeup on if that's something possible or something in your hair, or um, I always like to wear some sort of really sexy lingerie. So sometimes I'll have my partner help me get dressed or, or, you know, like button me into something so that there's this feeling when I'm in there that I'm like, okay, this is us. Like I can feel us before we came here. So sticking for the moment with the before sessions, what are some of the common objections that might come up, right? Because I know not everybody is 100% on board when they show up in these sessions, or they probably wouldn't need the, the sessions, right? Like there's always some hesitation. So what, maybe give us some examples of those. Right. I think that I think we've covered some of the biggest fears, right? Is like, what if my partner wants to have sex with someone and I'm not okay with it? That's the biggest fear or wants to engage with someone and I'm not okay with it. Or what if someone comes over and wants to engage with us and I'm not okay with it? Like, how do we talk about that? What does it look like? And, you know, I'm sort of a believer in like, how do we create no's in a graceful and eloquent, but, you know, assertive way, mm-hmm. you know, not skating around, but, you know, allowing it for to feel like it's in the flow of experience. So it's just not like a really hard no, unless of course you need that. So, you know, having sort of conversations around what do we do? What do we do? So we're in the club and someone approaches us and wants to do things like what's the first step? Like, how do we know the other person's a go? You know, we're using green, uh, uh, green, yellow, red. Like, what are the words that we want to use? What feels good for us? What feels clear for us? And again, it's it's really dependent on each couple and where they're at and how much they've explored this type of stuff. 
Um, and just sort of working through that process of like seeing those different, helping them see those different pieces of like what they're going to do. Yeah. You know, like one of the ways I always describe it is like, if we're, if you're going in as a couple, like your partner always has the ultimate veto power, right? Mm-hmm. So that, and, and I think that really helps empower couples, which is like, if we go in there <laughs> and somebody approaches us and it's some beautiful woman and she wants to join us, you know, Celine always has veto power. No matter how attracted to this woman I am, no matter how much I really want to have sex with her, I have to look at her and say, are you okay with like, is this something you want to do? And if she says no, then you just got to let it go, right? Your partner always has to be number one in every decision that you make. Yeah, you can't just think with your dick. No, and that <laughs> well, so but all all joking aside, though, it is, happens. Well, it does happen, and what we observe is that, and it's not always just the guy thinking with his dick. I've seen it in reverse too. But one yes. partner really wants to engage, and the other one is not sure. They don't really have their no, as you've talked about. And then you see the person who really wants to do it starting to get sort of coercive, you know, like, well, right. oh, come on, it's just this one time or just like, yeah. just for a little bit or this, we'll only do this, right? And they start trying to convince the other person. Right. And that right. is not a place you want to be We've in. We've seen it where somebody called the partner to change oh. the agreements oh. in the middle of they the party. They went to a sex party without their partner. They had agreements before they went. And in the middle, they literally called them on the phone. Worst idea ever. Yeah, because they met somebody and they wanted to change it at that moment. This is terrible. Right, right. And I think, you know, that's why I do the follow-up sessions with people mm-hmm. is to check out like what happened when you were in there. Again, because we don't know what will happen the first time often with people. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I think it's such a good um, and important topic of, like, do you feel like in the moment you could try and manipulate your partner if you aren't getting what you want? What will that look like? Can you imagine yourself doing that? And sometimes I'll role play that. If the couple is really fearful of that, like, someone might say, like, I'm really worried, like, he or she is going to just try and make me do something I don't want to do. So we're like, okay, what, what does that look like? Let's pretend mm-hmm. we're here. What, you know, let's see how it is so we can help sort of support and flesh out in that moment how they might be prepared for that. But this is a really good point. And it does happen, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I, I love that idea of, of kind of role-playing it out. And I really do like the, the, the before and after sessions thing because... Yes. You know, if you've never been in this environment, especially if you've been in a relationship for a while, like, you know, I've seen some new couples, they haven't been together very long. Like, you know, all the chemicals are still flowing. They're super attracted to each other. Like, hey, let's go experiment. They don't have a lot of buy-in per se into the Mm -hmm. relationship. So it's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. But if you've been in the relationship for a long time, right? Right. Now you've got a lot invested. You feel like there's there's a lot to potentially lose. lose. It's such a great opportunity to be able to work through some of this in a safe environment rather than being right in the middle of it all and having to make these decisions and figure out what to do. Right. And I think you bring up a really good point because one of this, this, the angle that we're talking about here is a monogamous couple goes to a sex club. So monogamous couple goes to a sex club. Maybe they go just to be voyeurs, just to watch or just Mm -hmm. to have, you know, have sex in an experience with other people. So it's like live porn. And the other possibility is there are people who approach you that also want to have sex with you on on some level in some way. And, um, you know, I think being able to start to communicate around that, especially if you've never played with other people and now suddenly you're in an environment, a sexually charged environment, and there's someone you find sexy 
and you are like, Oh, I kind of want to have sex with that person. Like what happens? And I think the tricky place is when couples are negotiating in, in these environments directly, like they haven't had the conversation prior and it's like, someone wants to have sex with you. What do you do? You know, and they, they haven't talked about it and all of a sudden they're there and there's someone. And now what do you do? (laughs) It's like deer in headlights. It is the worst time to have that conversation. Right. Right. Because there's tons of pressure. So much pressure. And then sometimes people will engage in things and then the other person gets upset. And then there's a huge rupture of trust and all this stuff happens. And then no one, and then you never go back to the sex club again. <laughs> right. So that brings me to two questions I want to ask, but I think maybe we should pause mm-hmm. for our, our uh, sponsor. And then I want to follow up with two similar questions that approach it from opposite angles. Okay. So let's read our sponsor ad. So... On our website, you can shop for great products uh, that we have handpicked for you. We have selected some great products to help support your health, sex life, and relationship. Purchasing products from us and our affiliates helps support the work that we do and ensure that we can continue to help as many people as possible. So go to selenremy.com forward slash products. We've got all kinds of stuff. We've got things from supplements to help you perform better and be healthier to all kinds of biohacking stuff to sex toys to date night hacks date night hacks fun games that you can play together we as try couples. to add new things like pretty regularly yeah and whenever we find stuff that seems cool and might be helpful so go check that out selenereming.com forward slash products okay so i have two questions and, and they both are similar, but one revolves around the potential negative things that can happen from going. And then, the, then I want to focus on what are the positives that people mm-hmm. could get out of it. So we, we were just started before the ad to get there about like, what are some of the potentially negative effects of a couple going to a sex club? Well, again, it's like we're... we're I mean, really, there's a gamut of things that can can happen. Um, I think the the biggest one is when one person feels coerced into going, feels manipulated into engaging in things they don't want to feel in, be involved in, or feels left out. And, you know, oftentimes my experience with couples... So when I'm working in the after sessions, I always talk about like what went well and what didn't go well. There is always room for improvement in my, my opinion. I think there's always places where the connection can be deepened, pleasure can be deepened. Someone could try something, uh, you know, a little more exploratory, be a little more adventurous, more connected to themselves. I always feel like there's a growing edge in these experiences, but when stuff goes really, really wrong, um, it often is, is not the first time in that couple that Mm -hmm. that's happened. Um, it's just a hyper environment where it's sort of, um, illuminating an already existing wound. So magnifying (laughs) and magnifying, that's probably a better word. It's magnifying something that was already existing. So, and I think that's, what's really true about being in these environments. Like if you have a propensity for feeling left out, like we want to talk about that before. And that are, those are questions that I get into with couples is like, you know, what are some of the more difficult places in your relationship? Because they're most likely going to show up in this, you know, one to three hours that you're in this environment. What do we do if you feel left out? You know, what do we do if you feel manipulated? How, you know, all of these pieces are really, really important. Um, 
you know, do couples break up from going to a sex club? I don't know. I no, I don't think so. I don't I think that's maybe a little uh I don't know what the word is like hyperbole, is that the right word? Hi- hyperbolic. <laughs> hyperbolic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but people can get their feelings really hurt. There can be a lot of ows. There can be a lot of places mm-hmm. for anger, a lot of places potentially for jealousy, if you have a, a propensity for jealousy. And you know, again, we don't know what we don't know. So sometimes we find out on the back end, like, you know, you were flirting with that person at the bar and I got really jealous and you seemed like you wanted to have sex with them and it was too much for me. And, you know, emotions can run high if it feels like the relationship is at risk or we run into, you know, childhood trauma too, obviously show up in any moment. (laughs) Yeah. And and that's kind of what I wanted to pull out with that question is like, we talked earlier in the podcast about oh, we've got this fantasy about it's going to be so great. Mm -hmm. We're going to be having sex with supermodels and it's going to make us closer. And I also just wanted people to understand that there are potential sort of gotchas, right? There are some things that could happen if you're not careful, especially if they don't choose to work with somebody like you beforehand, right? And so, yes, jealousy, insecurity, uh, maybe somebody going too far or, you know, not having their no. I mean, these are realities that can come up in that situation. And I would say probably the biggest one that is, is really a possible problem is breaking the trust in your relationship. Because a lot of those mm. other things, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to the trust. You didn't include me, right? So right. now I can't I feel trust left you. Out. I feel left right. out, right? Or you didn't, you went further than I, we agreed that you could go. Now you've broken trust, right? Or right. You, you, right. you tried to coerce me. So now a lot of it comes down to really yeah. potentially damaging the trust in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And that can have devastating consequences long after the sex club experience is over. Right. And but, also make people feel like they never want to go back. Yeah. yeah but absolutely. it is a pattern anyway that they already do in their relationship. Right. It's nothing yes. new. No, yeah, yeah. I just want people to be aware of, of potential gotchas yeah. and why they should do some work before they go so that they yeah. don't have those things come up. But, right. but then that brings us to the next question, which is what are the potential benefits? Mm-hmm. What, what are the things that could enhance a couple's relationship as a result of going to? Well, before we move on, I want to come back to that, but there's something that I wanted to mention is that... Um, You know, oftentimes what it looks like is that if you're in a heterosexual couple and you end up in a sex club, most likely your partner, your female partner, the female person is going to be um, more sought after than the man. Oh, yes. (laughs) And most likely, as we talked about earlier, the man is the one sort of driving, going. And so there can be the fantasy that a man's going to get to be there and have sex with a bunch of other people, but most likely your female partner is going to be more desired. And I think what else is really important to normalize is a lot of men will have performance issues Mm -hmm. in the sex club. In these hyper-sexualized environments, it is more difficult for your cock to get hard, more difficult to orgasm. Mm -hmm. Both of these things that you just said are 100% <laughs> yes. true. So the, the guys really need to understand, like, you, you want to go to the sex club, you're going to convince your woman to go because you really want to go because, you know, you, this is your fantasy. Realize right. when you get there, she's going to have practically every guy in the place wanting to have sex with her, right. and very few women will be approaching you. That's yes. just the way it is, <laughs> and just get used to it now. Because right. that's literally what you're going to experience. Mm-hmm. And, and the other one you said is totally true, too. 
I am fortunate enough that I have never had this problem. For whatever reason, I can perform very well. Because you're an exhibitionist. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Kinky turn on to be there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. <laughs> totally. I admit it. So I've never had that problem, but I have witnessed many other yeah. people. And I've had close friends who outside of that environment are like rock solid, make love for hours. And then they get in that environment and the pressure and the mm-hmm. stress literally affects them to the point where they can't get an erection. Yeah. One of my favorite stories to tell with this is I was at the Desire Resort, the Swingers Resort down in Mexico years and years ago. And I had gone with a, a partner who was connected with a bunch of other people. And one of the women's the women that was there who had she'd already been with, I think we were with like six couples. So there was like six men, six women. And she had already been with all of them, the men. They were all connected um, back home. And she was going to start menstruating the next day. So she was basically like, I want everyone to just fuck me. Like, let's run a train on me. Like, let's everyone fuck me, fuck me, fuck me, because I'm basically going to be out of commission. And this was bad timing. And so we go upstairs. They have this beautiful rooftop that overlooks the ocean and, you know, um, and we're in these like cabana beds and she's like, okay, let's go. And I don't, I don't really know these people at all other than the partner that I went with. I'm like, this is cool. Let's see what happens. And none of the men could get hard. None of them. Wow. None, none of them. That none of them. Is surprising. Six of them. So her girlfriend who was with one of the men just put a strap on, on and fucked her because she was like, someone's got to fuck me here. Like, wow. <laughs> Come on guys. <laughs> that poor woman. She's got six cops yeah. and none of them will rise. None of them. None of them. And I remember, so um, it was, I was just like, wow, this is really interesting. Like the pressure of like, it was the first night everyone had just traveled there. They had all actually knew each other. She'd had sex with all of them, but just the environment and, and the pressure and, you know, she was wanting this thing and it was built up. And I think Mm -hmm. that's the same thing that happens in the sex club sometimes for men around performance is like, there's all of this pressure. We're going to get there. We're going to fuck. I'm going to fuck other people. I'm going to have this great big orgasm. And that may or may not be the case. If you are an extreme exhibitionist, yeah, you may be really turned on and have no problem. And other things could happen too. So I think it's an important piece to mention. Let's just say it's jet lag. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll blame another jet lag. But but it is is an important point to bring up because men need to know that this is Mm. normal and this occurs frequently we have a common friend you may not know this about him because i think he pretty much had it solved by the time you know uh you and i were together and around but he for years would show up to sex parties and could never get an erection Mm -hmm. and it took him several years of really working on that and i remember i was there the first time he was able to actually get an erection and have sex at a sex party he was like the happiest guy ever because it it took him years to get over that 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 fear Mm -hmm. so right right it's a real one to talk about it's like our bodies are not light switches our fantasies live in our heads but these experiences are happening in real life and you know what does that look like you know so do you ever work on the couple kind of like separately because I can see things where she may want a different experience than he may want. Of course. And yeah. as a couple, you might be like, okay, tonight is all about you. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, or maybe we compromise. Like, how do you ever do that? Or like, how? you know, most of the couples that I've worked with, um, 
we'll go. So, so when I'm doing these in, in France, it's like, they'll come, they'll meet me. They'll have a vacation. They'll go to a sex club there. And I think the idea of also being off the continent, you know, being U S citizens going to another country, there's this, like, I don't, won't see anybody I know, which is, <laughs> you know, reassuring for people because they, there is this concern of like, well, I see people that I know, what, will, what would that be like? You know? Um, so being over there and then I'll work with couples after just on basic things. But, uh, you know, I would say like the before and after sessions are meant to help people be set up so they don't have to see me every time they go back to a sex club. So they're going to have the skills and the tools that like if it works for them, they'll be able to take those and go to the next place. But I think that's a really good point of like what if they go, they have a great time. And what they learn is that they both really want different things. How do we go about helping them get that? Mm -hmm. And I think that would be a piece in the follow-up of like, okay, so you, Celine, really want like three men to just come and eat you out. And like, you want Kevin to go and find them and bring them to you. And he gets to choose who they are while you lay there. But that's not really his thing. But we do that on Wednesday nights. And then on Friday nights, it's, (laughs) you know, I don't know, you know, helping people come up with that, like what works for them and being able to communicate it, of course. So I do want to come back to at least talking about a few benefits. I don't like to always focus on the negative parts of an experience. It's not negative what you just mentioned. No, 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 no. But we we covered, (laughs) I know, we covered the the potential gotchas. Mm -hmm. Now I I want to talk at least briefly about, like, if somebody's potentially thinking about going to this, like, most likely they're thinking this is going to add to or enhance their relationship in some way. And so maybe if we could just talk briefly about what are some of the ways this could potentially add or enhance to their, their relationship. Right. I mean, I, I believe in all the couples that I've worked with, I would say it definitely enhanced and added to their relationship for sure. Um, Even with bumps along the road, I feel like each, all of them have come away. I would say, um, feeling like this was an adventure that they went on and it, it really helped them understand their partner more. It helped them understand themselves more erotically and it opened their mind up to totally different potential ideas. I mean, when we're in our own bedroom and we're not out watching other people have sex, like we just don't know what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Real people. I mean, they can watch porn, but that's, you know, uh, curated for the viewer's enjoyment. Like, in a sex club, you're really watching, you know, um, a guy, a, you know, a John with a woman that he's paid or, you know, people just after work that are in a throuple or a guy not able to get hard. I mean, you, you, you really see like, what are people's sex lives? Like they're bringing them into this room and, um, you know, obviously most of them are exhibitionists, right? Cause they are having sex in public, but you're getting to just see this, this wonderful, um, adult playful experience that we often don't see because it's happening behind closed doors. So I think one of the most powerful experiences is just that feeling of like, we did this thing together. We took this risk together. Our couple took this risk together and we came out the other side and here we are like, look at us like, wow, we did that thing. And, you know, a lot of couples say like it carries this memory for years to come, like the time that they did this thing together. Yeah. And that- and building trust versus tearing the trust down, which is a part of what could go wrong. <laughs> exactly. It can be a deeply bonding experience that actually deepens the trust. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, with working with you, they gain communication skills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. So, you know, I did want to say one thing about, the, you know, when we were talking about the, 
people saying, what if I, there's somebody there that I, that I know <laughs> my, my, so years, decades of going to nude beaches. This is the same, uh, for worry that people always have about going to a nude mm-hmm. beach, you know, in their area. Like, what if I see somebody I know, then they're there too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they were at a sex club too. They were at a nude beach also. Right. Right. Now, right. now, now you, maybe you just deepened that friendship because you'll walk by them in the office and wink. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we are getting very close to the end of the show, but, um, Bummer. We, I know, right. <laughs> Talk about sex parties all day long, <laughs> but so let's say a couple is thinking about doing this and, but they're not sure how to do it or what. What is the first step they can take? What should they do? Should they contact somebody like you? Is there something they should do before that? What is really the first thing they should do to prepare for this experience? You know, I think it's really important to evaluate in all honesty what your level of communication is with your partner. Um, you know, obviously you can make it through this without contacting a professional. I think it's more fun. I think it adds to the deepening of the connection. You know, my goal is just to help people have more fun in these environments and take away some of the fear and normalize it. But, you know, I think it is entirely possible to go and have fun on your own, but I think evaluating where your communication is and if it is strong, if it's not, yes, a hundred percent. Well, if your communication isn't strong in general, you should probably just find a sex coach in general or a relationship coach or a therapist, but, you know, I think then the, then the next step is to have a conversation around what you're both expecting and hoping and talking about things. I think the most important conversation that has to happen is like what you imagine you would be okay with and what you imagine you wouldn't be okay with. And how does each person feel about the other person's uh, boundaries, agreements, rules, requests, those pieces. Some couples can do that very well, um, and others have a really, really hard time with that. So, yeah, I mean that's fantastic advice. You got to sit down and have the conversations first, absolutely, and you got to be really honest in these conversations and not hold back. Like, right. here's here's what I really want to get out of it. Here's mm-hmm. what I'm okay with you doing. Here's what I'm not okay. You got to have all that stuff figured out. And, you know, I will say I agree with you. Yeah, you can you can go to these things and you can do it on your own without a professional. And I managed to do pretty okay myself through those years of trial and error. But, you know, I, I will say that, you know, when I was younger and first experimenting with these things, I was nervous as fuck. Mm-hmm. And not just about like my own performance or whatever, but like, what is this going to do to us? Mm. And it definitely yeah. would have helped if somebody sat down and said, okay, look here, here's what you need to know. Here's here. Like that would have made things easy. It would have taken a lot of the pressure off. It honestly mm-hmm. would have. Some- right. And I think the other piece too here that, that is so important is how do we create a ritual for the couple to have that they can take forward every time they want to try something new and exploratory that, you know, has this edge to it. So my other advice would be like, can we find a, can we find something that would feel good that you guys can do each time before you go to feel connected? Because that's really where this manifested from was like, here we are going to these sex clubs feeling disconnected. How do we really feel connected? Right. We didn't have any of the issues of like, someone wanted to do something. The other person didn't have a no. There was never breaches of trust. That was the really interesting thing is like, everything was really 
wonderful per se in terms of communication and everything with my partner. It's just like the sex wasn't the sexual connection our deeper connection wasn't happening. And I think that's the other piece to keep in mind. It's like, even if all these things are in row, even if nothing goes wrong per se, um, there still can be that feeling of like, how, but like, how do we really connect there? Yeah. And so, so there's two potential issues. One is like, how do we keep the train on the tracks and not have anything go wrong? <laughs> yeah. But then the other is, is even if we keep the train on the tracks, is this uh, adding to or giving us a better experience or at least as good as what we would normally have or not. And and we've experienced both. You know, mm-hmm, We've mm-hmm. been in scenarios where we were like, wow, that was truly amazing. And then we've been in, in other ones where we're like, nothing went wrong. Technically, it was fine. Yet right. we had we had sex two days ago at home by ourselves and it blew this away, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, mm-hmm. so those are definitely possibilities. Okay, <clears throat> tell our listeners, how they can find more about you. If they are interested in working with you, where do they find you? Yes. So the easiest way to find me is on my website, which is keelyrankin.com, K-E-E-L-E-Y-R-A-N-K-I-N. And for this specific area, the the way that I label it is is called before and after sessions. So it's before and after the sex club. All right. You really need to do it. It sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> if that's something that you come see to. us yeah come see me when i'm over there let's do it <laughs> <laughs> all right so we do have one last question that we always end the show with go for it my love i do i give you the honor today okay you, usually you ask I do, the question I do, that's why <laughs> <laughs> i think we're probably going to get a good answer this time but we'll see all right so our last question is what is your best sexual talent best sexual talent that's interesting. I need my Jeopardy music. Right. I'm running through like a list of things that I'm like, I'm really good at that. But also what I'm, I'm going for what, when do I feel the most powerful? <laughs> That's where I'm leaning towards. Okay. Okay. Um, this is so interesting. We need to do some more crickets. There we go. <laughs> I think that my talent, uh, sexual talent, is being able to um, sense where people's arousal is, arousal level, and really play in the field of taking them up and back down in that really like deep teasing way. So whether or not it's just through like physically moving into them and feeling them like, are you going to touch me or not? Or if it's actually like directly in genital stimulation through like oral sex or hand jobs, but that like, I feel like I have a really, um, uh, the ability for me to connect with people and to feel where they are in their bodies without having to ask and just to be able to read their their body cues, I feel like is something that I have a very special talent for that allows me to really like play in that like gotcha space. <laughs> well, that, that's a fantastic answer. You know, if people are if people are interested in having like the the kind of sex that we talk about all the time, like some people call tantric sex, but that mm. that long love making sessions that move up and down and go through all these different, you know, dimensions. Like the only way you can do that is if your partner can do what you just said, Mm -hmm. be able to feel where somebody's at in their arousal and play with it and move it up, move it down, move it up, move it down. So that is a fantastic skill to have. 
Thank you. <laughs> Kiwi, it was wonderful having you on the show today. Thank you for being here with us. Yes, it was such a pleasure. It was really great to chat with you both. All right, everybody, that's all the time we have for this episode, and we will see you next week. We hope you like this episode of the Love Lab podcast. If you enjoy this show, subscribe, leave us a review, and share it with your friends. And for more free, exclusive content, join us in the Passion Vault at CelineRemy.com forward slash vault. That's C-E-L-I-N-E-R-E-M-Y dot com forward slash vault. Thanks for listening. And remember, you're amazing. <laughs>